Well, hello there, listeners. And, and hello, Erica. <laughs> hello, Sean. And hello, listeners. Can I ask a question? Uh, emotions. What, what emotions attach to this music? Is it hope? Uh, anticipation. Oh, that's good. Because it really does build and build and build. Mm. And then gets like the techno dance party. <laughs> See, here we go. We don't usually let it go this far, actually. No, cut, because cut, cut. because we're not really into techno dance parties. <laughs> this is not that podcast. We have got a fascinating topic today. Coming back to life. This is a really interesting one. You know, just before we hit record, I said, I don't even have a story. And you said you should say that. <laughs> so there you go. That, that's my part. <laughs> it's your turn. I think that's a worthwhile start, right? That Where did this come from? Yeah, it's interesting. So much of the, the conversation around coming out of lockdown has been about how do you go about living life again? You know, people talk about getting back to new normal and people have spoken so much about the process of re-entering life as like an activity. And I don't know about you, but the sentiment that I've encountered is that people are getting back to the way of life and they are re-engaging and doing all the things that they used to do and doing some different things and doing some more things but it feels like we're having to work extra hard to do it and, and like we're going through the motions, but that something inside of us hasn't rekindled and, and it's not like we're, we're shining through this, you know, with, with levity and, and, a, and a dance in our steps, but it's like we're... Going through the motions. Yeah, we we're getting back into it begrudgingly and slowly and it, it takes so much effort and it's like we're getting back to life, but life hasn't sprung up inside of us. Hmm. And I'm wondering, how do we do that? How do we, how do we get our life to, to spring back inside of us? Each year, so I have a little bonsai tree that was given to me. So that adds pressure because if I kill it, it's not just <laughs> my hopes and dreams that are dying, but it's the person who nurtured it for all these years before me. So you see my thumbs? What colour do they look? Purple. Purple? <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> I should have worn my jumper today, clearly. They are not green. These are brown thumbs. <laughs> And I, I have a habit of killing plants that I, that I work with because I'm just rubbish at gardening. I was given this bonsai. I'm like, Sean, don't kill the bonsai. Don't kill the bonsai. That's a lot of pressure. Welcome to my world of gardening. <laughs> each year I, I nurture this bonsai and I water it each morning and I, I, I may or may not sing to it. And then winter comes along and it's still Japanese maple and it loses all of its leaves and it looks dead. <laughs> I understand it's not. I understand it's doing its its winter thing. And then each spring I cross my fingers and I hope <laughs> I hope against all hope that it will come back to life and brilliantly these little red leaves have sprung up all over it in the last week or so. And my heart goes, oh, I didn't kill it for another whole year. That must and bring you such joy. Relief is more <laughs> what I uh, go through. But my bonsai comes back to life and and the only way I know that it's alive and I haven't killed it or winter hasn't ended it is when I see growth coming out of it and when mm. I see those new shoots bursting out of the, the little brown, dead-looking branches and I go, it's still alive. And as I think about us going through the process of coming out of lockdown, it's like, where is that growth coming from? Where are those green shoots? Because if, if we want to feel alive, there has to be some growth that's coming out of us to give us some evidence that life is kind of stirring inside of us we're not just dragging our feet through the snow of winter to come out the other side 
It is the perfect springtime analogy, isn't it? This is, I say it's my favorite time of year, but then summer rolls around. And I think <laughs> That's actually, way better. <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite. But walking around this area, walking around Hobart, going through either the neighborhood where I live or any excuse to be outside, this is the most magnificent time of year when you can watch the gardens bloom and the trees and the flowers and, mm. the magno- like, and it smells good. Like mm. this is, it's hard to, it's hard to not internalize that. So that's the way the world wakes up and, and we see the world kind of coming back to life because it looks effortless when nature does it, right? Yeah. But it doesn't feel effortless to be us right now. So how, what part of our lives do we grow to have that life come back to us? Because we've tried growing our activities mm. and that doesn't do it. That just makes life harder. We've tried growing our, our social outlets and, and doing more things with other people and that, that kind of helps. But I'm sure there's a part of all of us that goes, oh, I preferred it when we could just zoom and then hang up <laughs> or say there's a bad connection. Not that we ever did that. <laughs> But we do live where there's quite dodgy connections sometimes. And, and some people have thought growth, right? I'm going to learn a new skill in lockdown. And so they've, they've tried to learn something and, and have growth through that to try and get their, their life blossoming inside of them. But I don't know that those where the answers are. But luckily for you, Erica, I have a theory. Let's hear it. And the theory is that it is in spiritual growth that we come back to life. And when I say spiritual growth, I'm not talking about more Hail Marys or whatever, you know, religious <laughs> baggage people carry with them. Our innate humanness, the human spirit inside of us that thrives when it's connected to others, when it's got meaning and when it's got purpose. So, you know, as a pastoral carer, I, I provide spiritual care and people go, oh, what's spiritual care? The spiritual care is about recognising people's connectedness their meaning their purpose and how how that is affected by their journey and how we can reinvigorate that part of their life and so when i think about coming back to life and having life springing back after lockdown for me a lot of it has to do with how do we get people's spirits coming back to life do you have an answer (laughs) i'm hoping that you're gonna and this erica is what i figured out to solve that problem I see problems with the way people are doing it, but I don't necessarily have ready-made solutions. For example, connectedness is an essential part of what makes us human and what makes us alive inside. And I feel like we've stopped looking at the quality of our relationships mm. and we're spending more time at looking at the mechanics of connectivity. Right. Because we've been separated from each other for so long and separated from our loved ones and not able to do anything other than bump elbows with people when we meet them, which still feels like a really dumb way to greet people. <laughs> But we spend this time thinking about the mechanics of how we connect with people that we forgot the depth and the quality of the way that, that we kind of touch other people. Mechanics are easier, right? It's easier to focus on a connection like the actual internet connection mm. or logging on through Zoom or it's harder to, I mean, this gets back to vulnerability and to putting yourself out there and that's where the value is. So it was my birthday earlier this week. Happy birthday to me. Yes. Happy birthday again <laughs> to you. And something I do on my birthday every year is I call my favourite people. And every time I call, they say, no, 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 I got called a ninny this year, which is the first uh, time. No, you ninny, I call you on your birthday. <laughs> but I choose the people who I have a real connection with and who being connected with them fills me with joy and with life. 
and I take this opportunity because it's my birthday. I'm going to do what I want. And so I call my favorite people and I talk to them. And there are other people who I love, but I know that a conversation with them is going to be like this functional exchange mm. of tell me what your kids are doing. I'll tell you what I've been up to, but we'll never get to the point of having joy in that connection with them. So I call my people who give me joy in the connection with them. And and for me, that's that's how I kind of affirm life and and affirm that part of my spirit and makes it sing. It's just a wonderful excuse to be able to do that. So I did that this week. So it's been a really good week in terms of connectedness for me. How does it feel? I mean, so you've made an effort this week to, whether it's based in your tradition or not, Mm. you've made an effort to reach out and truly connect with others. How does it feel? It feels exhausting (laughs) and it feels good. It feels good. Like at the at the end of my birthday, I just I wanted to crawl under a cover and not talk to anyone outside of my home. You? Yeah. Wow. So I got home from work and I I put my phone on my bedside table and I I left it there. I didn't want to talk to anyone else. I was done. Huh. And then Yvonne and I had a glass of wine and we slowly made dinner together and it was just a, a nice perfect intimate family yeah mm. ending after extending myself because it takes courage to do that Erica I'm surprised at how hard there was one person that I hadn't spoken to in in over a year and I really wanted to call her up and and connect with her but oh, I was really lacking the courage to do it and it took me all day and it was only driving home from work that mm. I that I had the courage to make that call and I'm so glad I did and it was lovely to connect but it, it takes a lot of courage to reach out beyond the connectivity into the the space where genuine connection happens. But gee, is it good when you do it? It is good, and it's so interesting to hear you articulate it because that's exactly how it feels for me also. You know, there's that hesitation before reaching out of like, oh, I don't know if I'm up for this. Do I have the time? <laughs> do I have... But it's so rewarding. It's so good once you do it. And I think... Our souls need that. We we need that. Mm. We, despite, I know, you're a little bit more social than I am, I think, overtly. But it's fascinating to appreciate that we are all creatures of connection. We are social creatures in varying degrees mm. to variable extents. That's very interesting. So I've been dreaming, you know, while I've been off home for a little while, I've been dreaming of connection and, and purpose, right? So that's the other. Trying to figure out how I can happily tie those things together and I decided that what I should be doing is I should be living on a communal farm (laughs) that is a fantastic solution to come to listen to you you're full of solutions today (laughs) so that's what I'm putting out there thinking everything should (laughs) so finish your sentence no no that's done so that's connectedness and purpose did you say yeah and you can throw meaning in there also because it's totally in there too all in there so talk to me about meaning because that's the next thing in in those three things Mm. connectedness meaning purpose like obviously this is something that's stirring inside of you and bringing life to the the fore for you so talk to me about meaning the meaning i would derive from living on a communal sure i think that i'm not entirely sure there might i might be conflating this with purpose but this is about finding value in the day-to-day and overlap with I mean, it's our connection with each other. It's our connection with the world. It's how we can sustain and take care of our resources. There's so there's so much wrapped in there. Mm. I'm so pleased that I've solved it with one quick and easy solution. <laughs> <Just> become communal <laughs> farmers. <laughs> Boom. There you have it, listeners. 
<laughs> we're done. And um, no, we're not. But I think that's a really wonderful process to go through because it's trying to find those spaces that give us a sense of meaning because for a lot of us as we have reflected on the whole process of lockdown and pandemic and change etc the question comes through why is this happening to me Mm. why am I feeling this way why don't I get to do that to the point where a lot of people around the world are demanding their civil rights, saying, you can't stop me doing this. Yeah. It's my individual... What is it? It, it? I can't remember the phrase that people use. Oh, uh, they talk about individual liberties and freedom of speech. And I'm assuming you're talking about Americans because that's like the... Sure. <laughs> right. Well, that, those are the ones that are being reported. But it's interesting even when the second lockdown hits and people are like, no, I'm done. Mm. I'm done. Because they've derived so much meaning for themselves in coming back out of that. To go back in there, yeah. it feels like this meaningless, purposeless vacuum. And so they've arced right up. It's like their spirit is in conflict with what's going on. Absolutely. So for us and our process, it's a matter of how do we find some purpose for ourselves as we come out, as the calendar fills up, as we start to renegotiate what life looks like in the strange twilight zone, what is our purpose in this? You know, what are our touchstones? What are the things that make me feel okay? What's my communal farming? Mm. Wow, I, I was going to ask, you know, the, the final question I had, what's brought new life and growth for you? And it sounds like you already <laughs> answered that. <laughs> now you know. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I was reflecting on that for myself. What has brought new growth and meaning and purpose for myself? And I don't know that I have a good answer. And I've been feeling quite flat as the world has become increasingly busy and I've felt the emotional burden of the suffering around me mm. and I've found it hard to be my own buoyant self. So perhaps my journey is what is my meaning and my purpose as things start to come back into their own? Ah, and I guess I pose the question to our listeners then. How do you connect with each other in a way that is meaningful and life-giving? Where do you find your meaning? What is your purpose in all of this? And I think as we muddle our way through these big questions and we come up with, it doesn't have to be 17 perfect solutions, but just something, just one thing perhaps that we can do that taps into one of those three areas that starts to bring those signs of life back, that gets those little red buds growing on the bonsai of our hearts. Perhaps that's all we need right now. And you're nodding your head and, and looking at the board saying, Sean, just end it there. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so I am going to end it there. Well, good luck, folks. Mm. Let's hope that life blossoms back and it's not just going through the motions with trudgery, but that yeah, life, like springtime sunshine through the dappled leaves, hits you and warms you and brings you back. <laughs>